0: Hello, and welcome to Peaceful at Heart. My name is Cedric Martin, and I'll be your host. Each episode, we'll take a look at the book, Peaceful at Heart, Anabaptist Reflections on Healthy Masculinity. We'll jump into the chapters, hear from the authors, and think a little bit more about what healthy masculinity means in our modern context. Joining us today is Kurt Horst. Kurt, welcome, and thank you so much for writing this chapter so we could talk about this today. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing all right. Um, Still in COVID-19, had my times of isolation and had it all around me. But uh, I'm positive about being negative. (laughs) I'm <laughs> doing okay.
0: Good, good. I'm glad to hear that, Kurt. I, uh, I really appreciated your perspective and your historical approach to your chapter. Uh, at the beginning of your chapter, you mentioned that you, you wrote some study guides for men's groups and, and you've given a few seminars about men's issues. Have you seen an increase, decrease, or, or maybe no change over your years of ministry in, in regards to the interest around men's issues?
1: I'd say uh, I'm a bit disappointed in that it it just stays about the same. There, hmm. there are times when it seems like there's a little interest coming, but uh, not not a lot of change. I've lobbied when I could for uh, men's issues and, and questions about men's involvement in church to be part of pastor seminars, but it always seems like something else uh, is deemed more important. Hmm. So uh, hasn't changed a lot, I don't feel like, in the years that I've been paying attention to it. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, so I guess that kind of leads into my next question, which is, what what sort of role does does masculinity play in in your faith maybe, but in in the church as well?
1: That's a that's not an easy question, uh, and and I note that uh, you used masculinity in the singular, um, and everything I've read recently calls us to to use it in the plural because mm. there is no singularity of masculinity um and uh, even within within christian circles there's there's all the way from um, wild at heart uh save a beautiful woman and and uh, fight off the bad men or um uh, the the movement toward uh, a much more gentle masculinity um mm. uh, so within the church, um, and we'll probably get to this a little bit more, a little further into the questions. But um, when we take Jesus as the model, um, the, the question of masculinity, I think, moves a little bit to the side and, and spirituality needs to move to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we are all different. And... Um, I'm, I'm not inclined to put masculinity into one definition or into a box. I think that's really been destructive for us. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure. In, in your chapter, Kurt, you share a lot of great information about, about fatherhood. And, and now we're thinking a little bit broader than just about the, the individual. but uh, and, and being a man around the time of the Industrial Revolution, uh, you share about that there was a family business and, and that everyone would work together. Through twenty twenty and now twenty twenty one, as as you mentioned, through our COVID times, uh, work from home has become a new reality for many families. Do you think that a, a shift could occur where men begin to think more about being family first instead of instead of work first, um, or or any other shifts that you're hoping for that could come out of this this uh, change?
1: Yeah, i I think there's real good potential for. Uh... Changes, discoveries, uh, a couple of observations about that, though. One of them is that I think those changes are, are kind of forced on us. They're likely to happen where there are uh, two-parent households. Sure. But at this point, probably 50% of the households in the U.S., I don't know about Canada, I don't think it's quite that high, um, are not two-parent households. And so um, for for men to be making discoveries is only gonna happen in those households. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other statistic that I just learned, uh, I, I thought it was probably true, but I went chasing it, uh, is that uh, 75 to 80% of what are being called essential jobs are held by women, mm-hmm. um, school teachers, uh, they just the, the variety and so there will be a lot of places where men are working from home. Um, and when we do, we make some unique discoveries. Uh, mm-hmm. But are we willing to change? Uh, yeah. Or are we just looking forward to getting it back to normal? So I think there's real potential. Um, but we have to allow that, yeah.
0: allow that yeah. change to happen within ourselves and, and within, uh, within our communities. No, yeah. And, and, that, and that's it.
1: That, that takes some some uh, some kind of character traits that aren't part of of uh, cultural masculinity always. Hmm. Uh, humility. Gentleness, yeah. um, self self-examination, uh, those are those are essential to change. And uh, we might discover how much of that we really have. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, with, with, with you mentioning about the fact that uh, about half of, of the households are uh, single single parent households in the U.S., um, and also in your chapter, you say, I wonder where future generations of, of young men will learn about healthy masculinity and, and masculinities, shared gender roles. Where do you think uh, we need to start? Is, is there things that our church communities could be doing, um, maybe specifically around single families? single
1: parent families Well, we certainly have to be uh, aware of the kind of unique dynamics that are part of single families. And I think about 80, 75 to 80% of single families are uh, headed by women, uh, maybe 20% by men. Um, I think one of the things that, that we need to begin to be aware of is that if we're going to have an impact um, on the the discovery particularly by young men who are growing up in with without fathers um we're going to have to do it away from church mm. um we can do neighborhood things and we can have neighborhood carnivals and and uh, bring our neighbors to, to church with us but um uh, i think men volunteering in in community organizations um it, it's got to be beyond the church we, mm. we've got to look outside of the walls of the church um and health, healthy men uh, can do that, but we have to oftentimes change the way we even think about ourselves and our work in yeah. order to make that a priority. Um, I've just recently retired. I think about it, um, but I haven't really found the places yet. And, and um, But I, I think men in retirement, uh, healthy men in retirement, have real opportunities.
0: Hmm. No, that's that's great and that does give a bit of hope of, of where we need to go and, and thinking about our our sort of our next generations and and where do we where can we tap into that I guess and um, finding those opportunities uh, I hope for you yourself you find those opportunities and, and find what you're looking for here
1: I think one of the other observations I make is that as I as I listen uh, I think within the african-american community, um, there's much more awareness as I listen to African American pastors and and church leaders. Um, they they're showing us a way. Uh, we need we need to learn.
0: Yeah, we need to learn. We need to listen. Absolutely, right. Kurt, I'm I'm wondering as as you think about ways that you could uh, tap into your your healthy manhood and and sharing with the community. What what role models for you did you have growing up? Um, and did they leave an impact on your vision for? Uh, I would say healthy masculinity, but you're you're changing my outlook. It's a, a healthy spirituality, right?
1: Right. Um, that that's an interesting question for me. Um, not one that I've spent a lot of time thinking about. I grew up in um, rural small town uh, Midwest. Um, gender roles were were pretty traditional. Hmm. Uh, so that what my children are experiencing and, and what I experienced to be a more urban setting, very different. Uh, so the roles I grew up with were, were traditional. There were, uh, there were kind of clear definitions. This is, this is men's field, this is women's field. Um, more like what I write about in the book where dad goes off to work. Uh, I tell the story in the book about our son who when he was four and I was a pastor uh, was asked, where does your dad work? And he said, my dad doesn't work. He just goes to meetings. <laughs> um, his uncle and, and his grandpa put on their work clothes and went to work and I didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I grew up with, with pretty traditional roles. Um, the, I think probably for me, uh, the sense of uh, looking at those roles and 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 doing some reading and being willing to say those those probably need adjustment um, mm-hmm. has has been powerful. So it it's almost been it's not anti roles because I had good I had good role models I think. But my dad was a workaholic, um, sure. as as I have been much of my life, um, and so um, the. The role, however, was though, uh he had time for coaching. He had he had time to go to my games. Um if if there was a ball involved, I was involved. Uh, <laughs> and there were there were other um uh, there were other persons at church who gave quite a bit of time to the kind of activities that that my friends pretty well all male because um uh, it was pre uh pre-Title IX in the U S there, there weren't the same opportunities for young women to be involved in, in sports and, and even quite the same in clubs. I was thinking about at church, you know, we had boys club and we had girls club, and then we had the baseball team and uh, about the only thing we did together was uh, the uh, children's choir Hmm. and there were never enough boys in the children's choir. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, role models was an interesting question for me.
0: So, Kurt, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, what are what are healthy ways in which you see uh, men expressing spirituality through action?
1: One of the interesting things to me in, in my reading about men has been that um, in multiple cultures, the what what some have called the lead man uh, in in various cultures uh, a mark of them that there, there are lots of negatives sometimes but generosity uh, stood out in in discovering what 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 makes a, a man a leader and and attractive uh, and that would be for me generosity with time uh, as much as with money and resources. Uh, I've said already that the the need to get involved in volunteer settings uh, mm. and beyond church not just at church um uh, in fact uh, I I try as a pastor to find ways to encourage people to understand that ministry is is probably more what you do outside of the the uh, congregation than it is what you do inside the congregation um uh, serving on the church board there's a ministry in that but uh there are, there are many places, uh, to get involved beyond. And when we get involved outside of our, our normal little cocoon, there are major opportunities for discovery about ourselves, about our neighborhood. Um, so I, I think that, that, um, those are the places, um, that, that we need to get involved. Um, even if it's just the volunteer fire company. Yeah. Um, there, yeah. that's that's often a, a not as much as it used to be. but often a mainly male uh, setting, uh, and when you work shoulder to uh, shoulder and work hard together, uh, there's often times then to sit and talk, and and part of our lives opens up. Men men don't do so well face to face. We do well shoulder to shoulder, and uh, then. And I think that opens up some significant opportunities for impact in our communities.
0: The the spirit of camaraderie, the spirit of "I'm having this with you.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Kurt, uh, I wanna thank you very much for your time. Uh, but before we go today, did you have any sending thoughts to send us into our day?
1: Well, one of the things as I was, as I was preparing for this interview that I had not thought about for quite a while, uh, is that in terms of masculinity and and cultural dynamics of masculinity, uh, there's a a phrase that I think her name is Susan Faludi. I don't know if I pronounced her last name right, but she was doing an interview with Sylvester Stallone, who those of us who are older know Rocky. Uh, And he talked about being in the weight room, standing in front of the mirror, trying to get himself ready for this part. And, and, I don't know if it was his phrase or her phrase, but it was ornamental masculinity, hmm. um, deciding that I'm going to look like and 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 what male models. Um, and I just, I, I would challenge all of us to, to take those images and evaluate them and realize that it's not trying to be somebody, it's being a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and our model is Jesus. And, um, uh, I've, I've said and tried to say in various places, uh, spirituality is spirituality. Men have very different roads to following Jesus than women. Uh, but that's our model. Um, and put on Jesus and be careful about putting on all the other models of masculinity that we find from all kinds of places. We're just bombarding. Yeah.
0: That makes sense. And, and I hope that that makes sense to our, our listeners as well. Uh, thank you very much, Kurt. Uh, you send us with a, a sense of hope uh, and a sense of let's put Christ first. So thank you very much for your time. And I hope you have a great day.
1: You too. Thanks, Edward.
0: Peaceful at Heart was recorded in the city of Toronto, the land covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. This is the Dish With One Spoon Territory. The Dish With One Spoon is a treaty between the Anishinaabe, Mississaugas, and Haudenosaunee that bound them to share the territory and protect the land. Subsequent indigenous nations and peoples, Europeans, and all newcomers have been invited into this treaty in the spirit of peace, friendship, and respect. We all eat out of the dish, and all of us that share this territory with one spoon. We want to acknowledge the ancestral lands and waterways of the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Seneca, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples. Takoronto is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples. We wish to thank them, and any other nations, who cared for this land. Colonization is a continuing form of oppression, So it is important that we acknowledge the lands and digital spaces that we are holding and taking up. We remember the acknowledged and unacknowledged, recorded and unrecorded, past, present, and future. We are all treaty people. Peaceful at Heart was produced and edited by myself, Cedric Martin. It was made possible thanks to Mennonite Central Committee, Mennonite Church Eastern Canada, Be in Christ, Church of Canada, Theatre of the Beat, and of course, by Mennonite Men. To find more
1: resources, head to Mennonitemen.org.